I am so zen right now. Oh my God, I feel so calm. Episode 46 of the podcast, we were joined by Jason Daly Kennedy, who has a website called Meditation for Assholes, and we actually did a 10-minute guided meditation on the episode. Yeah. It, it worked. Well, I mean, yeah, it worked. <laughs> I mean, I only say because, you know, it's a process. Yeah. But it, I mean, it was helpful to us, for the, or for me, for this time you know i don't think i'm a perfectionist at it by any means no but afterwards i felt really great so honestly at some point you might be listening to this while you're driving but if you happen to be home do the meditation because it really feels amazing yeah you can actually do it with us um what okay so so jason, jason like he's, he's like a wellness person he teaches people to be the best versions of themselves mm-hmm. and he's also a foster parent of three children him and his husband uh foster children and we it's get like, into that and it's really interesting i'm just i mean i can't get over him what a special person he's a great dude yeah we love him He's so special. He really is special. He's a sweetheart. Like, I really, like, like him. I really like him, too. Yeah. So let's talk to him right now. Yeah, okay. Episode 46 of We Don't Bang with our special guest, Jason Daly Kennedy, starts right now. Should I get up and go, or? I mean, you should, like, let us know. Okay. Just say, like, hey, I have to, like, a normal person would say, like, hey, I have to pee. Oh, but don't do it here. No, you can do it. Okay, here, good. Guys, you, we're on. We're on. Okay, we're, we're on. on. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I was just explaining to our guest Jason that if like this is very informal and that if he wanted to urinate on myself, what urinate on yourself? You could. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We have a bucket behind you, so yeah. if you have to pee You're during the course of the podcast, up. you can just pee in the bucket. Okay. Yeah. okay. Great. All right. Great. Welcome. I mean, so just feel cozy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no? So our guest today is. Do you go by Jason Kennedy or Jason Daly Kennedy? Jason Daly Kennedy. Daly is your middle name. Daly's my married name. You're married. Yes, I'm a I'm a husband. Um, yeah, no, I go by Jason Daly Kennedy because there's somebody else in entertainment on hosting who has taken my name. What Jason a pain in the Kennedy. ass. Yeah, seriously. And Marky actually represents him, right? It did, yeah. And I think his his name isn't really Jason. What? He's a great guy, though. I like him a lot. His you name met him? isn't really Jason. Yeah, yeah. No offense, but like, why does he want his name to be Jason? Well, he met me, and then he was like, "That's." <laughs> That's the guy whose name I want. He's okay. stealing your essence. I mean, no, I got it back. I took okay. it back. I stole Wait, it back. Wait, do we really know why his name, if he, is his name really not Jason? It's Robert. I think. Why <laughs> is he doing that? I'm so confused. Well, because he can't be Robert Kennedy because I was a politician. I yeah, but so. I would go by Robert. Yeah. I would go by Robert. I mean, my last name's not even Kennedy. I go by that. Wait, what's your last name? I know it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is Kennedy. LA's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But I like Jason Daly. What about Jason Daly? Well, I like Kennedy. You so like, I like Jason Daly Kennedy has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Are it you does? a Kennedy? Uh, I am, but not. I'm the Kennedys from Pittsburgh. <laughs> You're not like not a... from the Cape. <laughs> okay, okay. We're uh, yeah, we're a steel mill family, but like kind of steel mill. I don't know. Whatever. Where are you from originally? P- Pittsburgh. That's right. You just right, said yeah. that. <laughs> he literally just said. He literally, I, you said, literally it just said ten that. Ten seconds ago was describing. Sometimes I black out. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's a very good sign that I'm doing a really great job on this, right? If you just black out. Yeah. 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 That's what that means. You're really keeping what? it. <laughs> oh my god, that's so embarrassing. I knew you said Pittsburgh, but like, never mind. So, so when did you move to Los? Did you move to Los Angeles from Pittsburgh? No, no, no. I went to school in North Carolina, and then I moved to New York City and worked in advertising. For about a year, then went into entertainment, and that moved me to Los Angeles. And then I've been here for 15 minutes or so. Jason, this is John. Hi, John. <laughs> What's up? Uh, 15 years, not 15 so minutes. you're in New York for a year. <clears throat> Three. Three? Yep. How do you like New York compared to L.A.? They're different. 
Which one do you like better? Uh, neither. I, I I love New York for New York, and I love L.A. for L.A. I Got had it. a lot of friends that moved here, and they were like, oh, it's not New York, and a lot of friends that moved to uh, New York, and they're like, it's not L.A., and I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> How long have you been here again? 15 years. 15 years. I look a lot younger, I know. Yeah. No. no well, you have a thing on your website. So you, you're oh, 40. 40 days to you're, 40. You're 40, yeah. right? Yeah. So you did a thing. Yeah. He looks great for 40, doesn't he? You look great. <laughs> no, I showed him. I showed him back in here. I don't wait. Wait, what? Was that like no. you do? You look great for seventy. <laughs> you look, I mean, you, you look great for forty. You look, you, look, you look great for sixty. It's great. Thanks. You look great for sixty. So on your website, you have this thing forty. What, what was forty that? days of forty? Where I did forty days of trying to become a, a best version of myself, I guess, without being a, a d bag about it. And so I just did new things and tried new things and ate healthier and worked out a little differently. Where, did you do a TED talk? No, not yet. Okay, because there was something I listened to a TED Talk not too long ago that was, it may, it may have been an old one, but it was something like, I, oh God, but some dude, it sounded similar, like for 30, like every month he would do something new. Oh, I love that, yeah. So like he would try to, um, I guess the idea was like changing habits or like creating new. Um, yeah, so it takes 21 days to create a habit. Okay, Basically, yeah. you know, there's different schools of thought. Some say it's three days, some say it's three months, right? But if you take this 21 days of ch- uh, uh, creating new habits or healthier la- habits, um, you're able to then Im- invite those into the rest of your life. And I've had pretty good experience with that. So I did this 40 days to 40 more as like a kind of a fun way to get some new stuff out there and mm-hmm. talk to some people. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what happened. At th- I mean, I turned 40 at the end of it, so it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. congratulations. I didn't die. So the thing was, it was every, for 40 days leading up to 40, you would do something different every day? Yeah, like sometimes I would just post a podcast. I mean, I post a playlist of something, like okay. music that I liked, and some days it would be running, right? Like I did running with a friend of mine who's an ultra marathoner. And okay. Wait, hate, what's an ultra marathoner? He runs from the demons inside for like 100 miles. He <laughs> runs 100 miles? He runs 100 miles. W- Ultra marathon is 100 miles. In mile one, one run is 100 miles. Yeah. Holy Ultra shit. marathoners do this like Breckenridge in the mountains or across Cuba or across Mexico. And That's crazy. That's a lot. Across, but yeah. A mile is, you know, a nice little you, workout. Yeah, you I like feel great. 100. I celebrate after a mile. <laughs> Could you imagine a hundred? You I would. There would be so running. much celebrating happening. Uh, so have much. you considered getting sponsored for one mile? That'd be great because these guys <laughs> get sponsored. Could you imagine me getting sponsorship for if I make for it one, one mile? Yes. That's embarrassing. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. actually. <laughs> Sponsor me for one mile. I made it. Yeah. Um, so was that forty days leading up to it? Was it kind of like wellness based or like yeah. was there a goal in mind? Besides just doing new stuff? Well, to make it to 40. To make it to 40. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was to become the healthiest version of myself possible, like holistically healthy, meaning, you know, not doing anything that harmed me, um, not doing anything that like wasn't really great for the people around me or my body. Uh, I, you know, I ate, I did a cleanse during that time, I'm sure, because this is yeah. L.A. We do cleanses. So I've never LA. done a cleanse. What you is, haven't? No, what is a cleanse? I, sh- I always... <sighs> I feel like I've I started the cleanse, but uh-huh. I never like really yeah. committed. Yeah, I have good ones. I have some really. Tell good me your ones. best cleanse. What, My best cleanse. And what does it do? Um, is like uh, you go to an exorcist and they take out. <laughs> I don't want to go to an exorcist. <laughs> I want to go to an exorcist. <laughs> no, they want you to come. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of demons in there. I have so many. Suck them all out. Could you imagine if after my exorcism I was like a completely normal person? Yeah, that'd be you know, awesome. 
What if no. I like your demons, you're Megan? Great. Your demons are great. You think I have good demons? Uh, so far, You've really yeah. only known me for like 20 minutes. So. I know. Well, they they came and introduced themselves before. <laughs> they were very <laughs> upfront. They were here. Yeah. yeah. So wait, a good wait. So like, a good one. So my f- okay. So there's another. Uh, yeah. Part, mm, that sounds like a I lot of poop. Know. Um, but uh, that's what I think. So of pooping. It could I guess be it some. Is. Yeah. Healthier pooping. Gut, but okay, so my friend Lisa, who does the, well, I do a show called Good Night Snack, which is good food before you say good night. She's a nutritionist. Uh-huh. And so she does, uh, we just do like, it's basically like making food and making fun of me is mm-hmm. what the whole show is. But Sounds anyway, fun. she, yeah. So she uh, is the nutritionist who put us on a couple of different cleanses. And, you know, it's basically just getting rid of all of the sugar, wheat, dairy. Yeah. And then eating lots of vegetables, fruits, lots of fat. I put butter and coconut oil in my coffee now in the morning. You put so butter in your coffee? That seems like not It's good. called Bulletproof. Yeah. No, it's great. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? I'm, I am serious now. Yeah. But, no, so this but it was sounds like taste. keto. It's like keto. Yeah. But okay. not. Because it's not keto. I don't know why it's not. But it's basically just eating the way we're supposed to. And when you do that for a while. Meaning, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no. Butter and coffee is how we're supposed to eat? I don't think he knows what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to ask you to leave, Jason. We're going to ask you to leave. I would just call it. Yeah, call. You call an Uber and you should go. (laughs) Okay, no. Are you keeping my car? (laughs) I'm keeping your car. Yeah, for the. That's your question. Thanks. I get a new car and you have to go. Okay. Um, Wait, so (laughs) when you say eating how we're supposed to, does that. That makes me think. And. I could be way off, but that makes me think of like, um, like, what are those people called? <laughs> Assholes. No. <laughs> yes. But LA people. G bags who talk about cleanses on air. The, you t- we're such assholes right now. The um, yeah, fucking. Oh my god. Nutritionists. No, like cavemen. Oh, <laughs> cavemen was the word you were thinking of. <laughs> yeah, like basically. That like, was the. Um, that was another. That was a caveman diet. Do you remember that? There was one of those too. But okay, so cleanses basically what you do is you get rid of sugars and toxins. And what my skin when I would do them, and if you continue to eat healthy, like it's glowing, right? And I don't have as many wrinkles, and my eyes are not, you know, like yeah. everything looks a little tighter and a little bit better. And you lose weight. Um, if you have weight to lose, you gain muscle. If there's muscle to gain, you know, um, it, it just basically gets rid of a lot. We put a lot of bullshit into our body, and we're kind of surrounded to it by it too. You know, like. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but after eating that way for a while, like you eat an apple and it tastes really sweet. Yeah. You know, or oh, you really? eat. Yeah. It tastes like better than the, the ice cream or the shit that we put into our bodies. So I think, you I know. I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're in. And the benefits are you look better. You know, I mean, your skin looks better. Yeah. Your hair looks better. Stuff like that. But I do put butter and coconut oil in my coffee. It's kind of like a version of what they call bulletproof coffee. And but that burns fat throughout the day. And it's supposed so to it's like a time released fat burner. Kind of, I, I guess. I mean, it also just you, you. The thing is, is if you have if you have fat, if you eat more fat, <laughs> you're going to burn more fat. Really? If you eat, if you balance it out with the other right types of foods, because you your your body burns fat <laughs> energy for uh, carb energy first. But if you have more fats than n- bad carbs, like cookies and shit like yeah. that, you're going to be able to eat a lot better. So like bacon, I have bacon like three, four times a week now. I'm just imagining myself like out somewhere, like at a restaurant or wherever, like at a coffee place, like mm-hmm. asking for butter and like putting it in my coffee. I've never and heard And the of way people would this. look at me. Oh, yeah. Well, I it feel depends like I would on have to do so, I would have to preface it. I would have to do so much explaining. I don't go, I don't order it out except for there's places like Creation Cafe or other places maybe just there that have bulletproof coffee and that's what it is and it's mct oil which is kind of like coconut oil and then butter yeah it tastes amazing 
I it doesn't. It. it tastes like it takes like a week. <laughs> it takes like a week to get used to. Yeah. But I do one of them in the morning. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's nice. good. And you put it in the blender. And you blend it up. Okay. You ju- I juice now, not steroids, yet. Yeah. But yeah. I juice with like a juicer. I have a juicer. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> like everything you say, I'm just like I could do that. Yeah. I had a friend yesterday who bought a juicer, and I saw it on Instagram, and he and he was like, "What do I put in here? Anybody have any recipes?" And I gave him a recipe, and I said add matcha powder protein and he's like and then i said and by the way this is the worst thing i've ever said to anybody in my entire <laughs> life how to make juice with matcha oh, powder protein very LA. so la of you mm, you're very la okay so yeah. I, have we even explained this much up top so jason especially like he's a i earlier when we were off mic um i was like oh so you're like a life coach he's like eh, i don't really like to be called that so you specialize in like wellness do you want to talk about like what you focus on and what you're Sure. Yeah. We didn't cool. do that already. Well, we're going to hit it in but the you intro. You guys know that I keep, I keep yeah. blacking out. So, like, <laughs> I, we haven't covered that. Well, because I, I'm sure that, like, I have questions about, like, okay, so you, you help people, like, move. What is, talk a little bit about what you do. Yeah, for sure. So, I am a uh, meditation coach um, and speaker, and I am certified in something called neurolinguistic programming, which is, like, the study of changing the way that you think about yourself um, by changing the way that you talk about yourself to yourself and to others kind of boiled it down to that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, kind of getting people into a place where there's not like I want to, or I can't, it's that you are, you are doing this thing. You are doing this thing. And I've been fortunate enough to research a lot of different things from um, social psychology to shame to, um, you know, manifestation. And I've just been reading a lot of books over the past decade, two decades, probably 15 years about this kind of world. Right. Um, but I started meditation for assholes, which is the company that I have, uh, in an effort to demystify meditation and mindfulness for people and to get less assholes running around. This is your company, Meditation for yes, Assholes. Yeah. I love that idea. Thank it's a you. great it's a great name. Well because it also meditation, I mean it does have such like an LA or well, I mean not it, it there's kind of like a stigma to it. It's like a oh, meditation and then I can only say how it affects me. Like mm-hmm. for me, like it kind of is a little overwhelming. Yeah. Or like the idea of it is or meditation well, itself. I, both okay because like i think i've tried mm-hmm. but like not fully committed because like i just didn't commit right you know and so then and then my brain's all over the place so then i kind of just like oh i just that's not for me i can't do that right and for years i've been like i should really get into this and like i should really find like a have a guided meditation yeah you know but i just haven't done that yeah no and i think that was what has happened for a lot of people myself included so the first time that i meditated was in 2002 mm. and i didn't levitate and so i quit because it didn't work <laughs> yeah yeah that's the fuck it ocds right there right yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but uh and and for years after that i heard oh you should meditate or you should consider meditating and i was like i'm too add i'm too caffeinated i'm running around new york i'm You're running around LA. Me and Megan. Yeah, yeah yeah and what um but on that same note yeah. we I, I we know that it would be beneficial for us right like i know that i know but what's the block between knowing and doing for you Welcome to my life. I don't know. And, well, I mean, I think we could probably break it down, but this is like with so many things in for me. Like, I mean, even like uh, years ago, I lost a bunch of weight, right? I maintained it for like 10 years. I've put on like 30 pounds mm-hmm. back on over the past like two years. Mm-hmm. I really want to lose that weight. Mm-hmm. It's been like two years where I'm like, in the past two years, it's like legit every day. I'm like, oh, I wish I was 
thinner, you know? Like, I felt really good 30 pounds ago. Mm-hmm. And f- there's something that I'm... I'm having a hard time finding that motivation. Okay. But do, you, f- do you feel like there's something that happened two years ago? Um, Yeah, I had some personal shit go down in my life, I okay. think, that was, like, stifling. So, mm-hmm. like, if, yeah, I guess it was, you know, family stuff. Mm-hmm. Parents got divorced, so a lot of personal stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um... So that shit happened like roughly two years ago. Okay. And then so when I think about like when I stopped kind of being less focused, when I started to be more lenient with myself, like I was always very good about like what I ate mm-hmm. and exercising every day. And then, yeah, it was around like two years ago and all that shit happened where like I kind of I lost my my focus became so less clear. I stopped performing as much like I stopped like. Yeah giving myself like I don't know holding myself accountable or like being so it sounds like you spent 10 years before that though being on the opposite end of that like I have to do this I have to do this and it became habit but was it ever in retrospect an unhealthy habit yes okay so now like let's look at it what you could do rather is look at it as like okay that was the pendulum over there and then it came over here right Right. Mm -hmm. not to where it was but to like over here Mm -hmm. and like Finding balance is what Mm -hmm. you really want to do, right? You don't want to be as OCD as you were before, but you also are looking to invite some changes in, right? Yeah. Okay. And so that's really one of the ways that meditation can help. And, but also like, again, I'm more about the way that you talk about yourself too, right? And so it is, I am healthy, you know, instead of I want to get, I have to get, because once we put that thing out there, it moves farther away Mm -hmm. when, when, when we say it, like, I have to get this Mm. or I want to get this. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, a therapist used to say that to me all the time. I went for a few years and I stopped going, mm-hmm. you know. Like I have, do you have the, I have the, uh, oh, that works, I'll quit. Yeah. I have that syndrome. Oh, that's, I have that, yeah. I'm feeling better, I don't need to go anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, and it's like, yeah. I feel like they, that's when they say, whoever they are, that's when you should keep going the most is because now you need to like regulate it into your like normal yeah. feeling good. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Do you do any therapy, Jason? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How often do you go? Uh, once every two weeks. And then my husband and I have been in and out of like going to marital counseling too, just to make sure that, you know, we've had a lot of life changes in our marriage. And so when you do that, it's always good to, you know, have some discussion and have a third party in there. I'm a, I'm a big um, proponent of therapy and of, of working because just having that third party kind of be there to listen to yeah. things or second party. Well, I have two personalities, I guess. So it's probably <laughs> a third party. Yeah. Um, um, so with, with back to the health thing too, yeah. I mean, it's really just a matter of inviting that in now, you know, and doing a little bit of that every day right. because, uh, that's really where it's going to be. And excuse me, meditation, I have a head cold, sorry. The meditation, um, for me, when I started, I started at, when I finally started it again after not levitating two minutes a day because I couldn't do 20 minutes twice yeah. a day. And so I didn't, right? right. I thought it had to be all or nothing, right? That's not true. It, No. No. no, that and that's where my hang up is. I feel like that's how I am. It's all or fucking nothing. So what in a two minute meditation, what exactly would you do? Calm the fuck down. That's really what so, it was. So you put yourself. In I a had room. a guided meditation. This is a uh, <clears throat> excuse me. This is a funny story because what had what had happened was <laughs> I was uh, with some friends in Encinitas getting a psychic reading. Again, we live in L.A. Yeah, we're, this is the yeah, the most. We had a psychic on a few episodes ago. Yeah, we're I right heard there. That one. That was good. Yeah. Oh, you did. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did. Yeah, and I heard the one with Amy. Oh, good. Talking about the psychic, and she's a card reader, right? She, yeah, she terrified. Well, she was yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a fun episode. Yeah. Um, okay. So 
What? Okay, so you've heard some, so you kind of know a little bit about like my person never okay. <laughs> my person you know a little bit about my person she, is she blacking out again i'm, yeah, bla- <laughs> I'm blacking out again yeah you need some butter coffee when, you know up. what it is when we get somebody on the podcast that's like a that zen help. like a zenny no vibe. like somebody that's like well-being or like you know when we had the doctor on mm-hmm. and like i feel like this like anxiety to be like this is my life these are all of my problems and all of my history fix me help me so like i feel what ter- if you weren't broken though Great. Ooh, <laughs> nice twist. Ooh. What a twist. But continue with that. Well, continue with that, but uh, apologies to the but listeners. Listen to Megan first. But listen to me first. <laughs> no, because what I was saying was I just feel bad for the <laughs> listeners mainly because they've I'm sure that they've all been like, We've heard this, we know it. Yeah. Shut up. Well, no, I mean I think the reason that people listen to you is because they relate. Okay. Right? I mean mm-hmm. that's one of the things yeah. that we know is that people need to relate to you. And there's there's a lot of people who feel broken and aren't. And I've had times ever since I've started meditating and started getting certified in this stuff and started really doing this type of work where I realized, you know what, like I, maybe there are times where I'm not as broken as I think I need to be or, or not as broken I am. as I am or think and, and or I don't have to fix anything anymore. You yeah. know, like even doing that 40 days to 40 thing, there was like, all right, I'm actually kind of cool. Now this is just kind of fun to count down the days, you know. Yeah. Um, but what if you aren't broken? Going back to that means mm-hmm. like you have to start with that. You have to start mm-hmm. with, no, I'm not broken. I am here right now. Right. Mm-hmm. I am right. at a place where I want to lose a little bit of weight. But more than that, it's not about the pounds. It's about the feeling healthier. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. you have to go back deep inside of like, what is it that I'm missing? Right. I'm missing that maybe calmness or things like that. And so when I started with two minutes twice a day and it was a guided meditation that came to me during a psychic reading from the psychic spirit guides or my spirit guides that told the psychic she had to leave the room and get me a CD because I really needed to meditate. The, your the so spirit you do, guides told her that? Her, yeah, they were like, she was like, they're telling me that you should get a... Um, you should get a CD. Oh no, I'll be back. And then she came back. <laughs> so I guess my spirit guides were like, do it. Yeah. So when you did the two minutes, you would have audio kind of guiding Yeah, I did meditation. It. And then I would do five minutes after that. So, I mean, after a couple of weeks, I was able to, because I would sit down and start with two minutes, I was then able to go into five minutes. And then five minutes led me to be able to start doing 10 minutes. And by a month after I started meditating, I was consistent about doing like 15 minutes every day. Yeah. And at that time, and I share this a lot, I was in a, um, I was in a six year relationship around that time. And, and it was probably a cu- couple years too long. Charles. That's him. <laughs> that's, that's him. That's the, he's back. Oddly reminiscent. No, um, <laughs> I was in a six year relationship, probably two years too long at that point, And I was always in my head. Could I, should I stay? Should I go? What am I doing? Talking to friends, nauseam about it. Not always, but for a while, yeah. you know, towards the end. But after meditating for a month, I got up and I just left. It was like, it was you, time to go. You, like you could do it. You yeah, could, it wasn't had, even like, like, I, I had so many, like I was always going all the time in my I'm head. I'm so sorry. Charles. No, he's good. He'll be good. Just give him a no, second. He, we just yeah. Don't you also have a dog, so feel free to help guide. He has me. a dog named Brian. Just he has like a dog me. named Brian. With a is it a Y or an I? It's an Brian? I. Oh, okay. I'm He's sorry. been very I'm barky this morning, and like anything that he hears. So anyway, but no. so, maybe so the, if we the meditation yeah. helped you clear your mind to to so yeah. you could actually see what was best for you. It was actually more that the answer got delivered, kind of. You know, right. it was just like, all right, I, I should go. And I walked into the bedroom one morning and said, you know, as at least as I remember it, um, it's I think it's time to stop. I wonder what, like, why, like, what was it that happened? Like, did you just, like, within that time of being with yourself, you, 
trusted yourself more and found that answer and said, I can do this kind of, is that? It wasn't, I have to say, it wasn't that I was looking for the strength. It was like I was looking for the answer and the answer came. Okay. Oh, because you were like, should I leave? Should I stay? Yeah. Can I, should I work this through? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Right. And then. You know, sometimes it's not that the answer comes in meditation for me now. It's like I'm out walking the dog after I've been meditating and then an answer comes. Right. Interesting. Or um, and then so that that is interesting to me because I then wanted to do it more. You know, so that's how I really yeah. got kind of hooked on meditation because sure. it was like, oh, I love this. I love the idea that I can get answers from within, really. Um, and I would, you know, I would look up here a lot for yeah. answers and I still can, mm-hmm. but they're never really the right ones. Yeah. You know? And then I had this experience after that where I started being consistent about it and sharing that I was meditating and doing new forms of meditation. And a friend of mine who came back from India where she studied with the Maharishi for six months. That's the same, like the Beatles. Studied, yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. So she studied with Maharishi and then came and gave me a mantra based meditation, which is, called transcendental meditation mm-hmm. here but it's really just meditation in india yeah. <laughs> they just put the tm on the tm um and so basically like people here are paying like because you have to pay what the 500 dollars like thing like, i don't know they're paying yeah. like 500 bucks or somebody can be like here's your mantra yeah and then, yeah sorry i'm i, I just like so that's the kind that. of stuff i know well you know and it works for a lot of people yeah. and that type and i still will tap into that type but then i like there's so many different types of meditation that i love sure. what i really love though is that i respond more and i react less yeah when i'm consistent about meditation I am responsive instead of reactive. And the difference for those two things for me, between those two things for me, is reaction is like somebody cuts you off in traffic and I beep the horn or I flip them off. Mm-hmm. Reaction is, um, you know, when you're in a relationship, you know, my husband says something and I'm like, no, you're wrong, right? Instead of, you may be right. That's right. the response. Interesting. And right. the response in traffic is like, you must need to go in front of me, you know? Because I hate this. Yeah, I feel like I spend so much time there. And you know what I mean? Yeah. He just clenched I, yeah, his like, body. He was clenching his body. I feel like I spend so much time in that space of just like tension and like. So I thought about this when you were talking about um, guided meditation. Um, I think also I may have like a negative association or like an overwhelming association with meditation in general because. Um, I I have like um, insomnia, sort of like on like uh, on and off for years, like sleep anxiety. What do you do before you go to bed? Um, well, it comes and it goes. So it's I, it's not sleep anxiety all the time, but yeah. it's periods of my life, and so like I don't really have like a specific um, routine right now that I need, you know. But when I've in been in those places. Um, where it's like months at a time where I'm like, I just get this anxiety about sleeping and I can't sleep. I've tried these guided meditations and like for like two nights it would work. But then I learned, I got to know the meditation. And so then I started to get, have anxiety about like, It'll, for example, it was like a thirty-minute meditation. You was know, it on help, like YouTube or something, like Headspace, like okay. a like a meditation app, and it like to help like a deep sleep guided meditation. So it's like. Lay on, you know, a comfortable position and feel your body and the weight and your body is sand. And then, like, you now feel it in your feet and feel it, da, 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 and so it works, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like, but it would get to a certain point where it was like, oh, now it's at the ankles. We're at the ankles. 
And last night, I didn't make it to the ankles because I was asleep already by the ankles. And now what's going to happen? Now I failed it. Now I'm awake. Now I'm awake. Well, yeah, exactly. Now what happens after that? Oh, my God, they're going to kill us. Right. (laughs) And so then it would, you know, like, eventually it got to, like, I would listen to the whole thing and then be like, oh, shit, I know that this this 30-minute meditation is about to end in one minute and I'm still not asleep. Fuck. Mm -hmm. So my, like... Anxiety took control mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And like since then, I'm kind of like, I don't think I can meditate. Right. All right. So if we look at that, like our true self and our ego self is one way I like to look at it. Right. Yeah. Um, I joked about like two different sides. Right. But we kind of do have that. Right. We have this part that's like, I'm not going to finish this. I'm going to finish the meditation. And then what? I'm just going to be up all night again. Right. That's the anxiety. Right. Yeah. The true self is a person who surrendered to like just kind of listening to the meditation and letting it happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So you kind of want to get back into the true self. There's things that you can do before you go to even get to get to that part of your nighttime routine. Mm-hmm. Some of it is like shut off the TV an hour before you go to bed, you know, don't fall asleep with the TV on. Not only if it's good, right. But mm-hmm. if it's like any kind of light can disturb your sleep. Mm-hmm. It's, it disturbs your REM. Would you say the same for social media? No social media. An turn hour? your screens off, turn your phone off. Don't even pay attention to emails or anything like that. That's the kind of stuff because it, it, you know, obviously whether it's social media and we're playing that very subtle compare game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> yeah. Which Sometimes we all do. not so subtle. Yeah. Not so subtle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I no, mean, it's, it's hard. It's so hard. Your brain spins and then. Yeah. Yeah. But then they use that as a trigger of like, oh, my brain is spinning. It's time to put it down because what I would sometimes do is like my brain is spinning and I'm going to go deeper. Mm-hmm. I'm going to figure <laughs> it out today. Guys. Oh, that's right. right. That's yeah. who I am. But like, now don't. I'm going to investigate. I'm going to find out who, mm-hmm. what's happening here here Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and it doesn't work i mean like what i think meditation does for me in this level of kind of self-care is like i just want to put more time between and more space between asshole me and real me and when i'm in real me i'm chiller um a better parent a better husband and i'm um um more fulfilled and i'm more relaxed and i'm less excuse me, less tense. Yeah. And when I'm in asshole me space, it's like, what about me? And they're doing this and they already did this. So why should I do this? And you know, compare, compare, compare. I just burped into the microphone. I'm sorry. I do. I do it every episode. Okay. Yeah. So you're fine. You're really. You just uh, made me me feel more safe. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't on your website, it's a asshole like stands for something acronym. Yeah. So when I so when I got to um start to do this mantra based meditation and then I started teaching, um, filling in subbing places and then people asked me if they would help if I would help them start to meditate one-on-one. So I started doing that and then I started charging for it. And then because people were like, you should do this for a business. I was like, I could do that, I guess. And then, um, what I realized was two things. One was that there was a lot of misinformation out there. Like you have to, you have to, you have to do it this way. You have to sit this way. You can only do it 20 minutes twice a day or it doesn't work. And I was like, that's fucking bullshit for me. Right. Yeah. The second thing I realized it was, there was this mystique around it. Right. And I was like, you don't need to have long hair. You don't need to have robes. Right. And I think that's kind of, <laughs> it's so <laughs> nervous. Yeah. There is. Yeah. 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 Although and, I would like a robe. Yeah. And beads. <laughs> totally. Like, yeah. Like patchouli. <laughs> exactly. Smelling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you don't need it. You can have it. Doesn't mean yeah. you can't meditate with that right. stuff. But yeah. like, so I, I realized that I wanted to demystify meditation. And so I kind of came up with what is the, the root of it. And I think that fear is what we really want to get rid of. And I love acronyms. I call myself an acronymphomaniac because I kind of use them a lot. And yeah. I read somewhere that makes you dumb. I'm cool with it. Like, <laughs> that's fine. But um, asshole is different ways that we act out of fear. So angry, selfish, shame, hurt, overindulgent, less than an ego. Wow. And Ooh. I dive into it, a bunch of yeah. different aspects of those. 
Um, but I, I really love treating those things too in myself and in others. Mm-hmm. Shame. I've done um, a fair amount of shame research. I, you know, not just Brene Brown, but some other researchers and social scientists who talk a lot about that. There's a mm-hmm. lot of chakra based meditations to help you rid, rid yourself of shame. Um, that's my, that's the third chakra that is where shame lives, but that's also where passion lives. So if you think about people who are in a creative field and people who live in, you know, creative, um, fields but also in creative cities like LA Mm -hmm. we have a lot of shame and we have a lot of passion right Mm -hmm. we came here if we are not from here or we stayed here to do something or to make some sort of impact because we're passionate about it yeah but then our shame creeps in right and so you want to balance those things out how's our shame creeps in in how so like I'm not good enough I'm not smart enough okay Um, sure yeah 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 yeah. you know um something happened to me in my childhood which will prevent me from ever being the person do you think that we're that our passion is because of the shame and do you think, or do you think the shame comes after? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's a really interesting question. It's like I a think chicken and egg chicken situation. And egg, yeah. yeah. No, I think, I mean, honestly, some of the most quote unquote fucked up people are the most passionate people that I've ever met. Like Michael Jackson is kind of, well, I mean, yeah, we, we've talked, we've yeah. covered this a lot on our yeah. podcast yeah. of like, um, you know, when a comedian commits suicide or mm. a, whoever, you know, I feel like it's more often comics, but like it is, there's a high rate of suicide among comics. Yeah. And I think that, and you know, artists in general, like it's this, yeah. Extreme emotions and manic almost, or, you know, there's some, yes. I think there's also, you know, when you look at people who, but then that's that passion. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, part of the passion is to get out of that situation or it's the escape, right? Like, I needed to escape whatever trauma I was experiencing right. as a child or I needed, you know, I needed to escape whatever kind of fears I had, whether, you know, for me, I, I don't believe I had any childhood trauma. I definitely had, um, internalized homophobia. Mm-hmm. I was a gay kid. It was never going to be gay. Right. I was never going to come out of the closet. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I had that kind of thing. Why was that? Because you, your family was like, do you come from a religious family? I came from or? a sort of religious Catholic, sort of Catholic family, yeah. you know, but it, I don't know where it came. It was never like gay is bad. Yeah. You know, I never had parents that said that. I wasn't Bible thumping. Do you have brothers? Do you have brothers? Younger brother, younger sister. So I was the oldest. My brother's 15 years younger. And then there was this whole like, I remember this thing where it was like, I can't be gay because I have to carry on the Kennedy name. Meanwhile, somebody in LA was going to take it anyway. Not like it mattered. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Now he's on E Entertainment. Robert is going (laughs) to fucking take. Jesus Christ. So like, but did do you think that was like, it was your dad like super masculine and you. He was a baseball. I mean, he was. He is. But he was like a baseball player. He was. um, Yeah. He played in college and and high school and golfer. You know what I mean? Like he was a dude. But also, you know, he's a really cool guy. He went back to school at 40, got his degree in nursing, and became a nurse, you know, until he retired a couple of years ago. Oh, that's great. That is, this, this is in Pittsburgh? Where uh-huh. you were, yeah, do you think go- maybe the town had something to Wait, do with Wait, where are you from again? Where did you grow up? Um, <laughs> Pittsburgh? Okay. Where are you from? <laughs> South Florida. Me too. Yeah. Shut up. No, I'm not Pittsburgh. I used to go to South Florida. <laughs> I was making a joke. I know. About I, how I blacked was, out at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Was I was, I was oh, playing. Then, he was going with joke. back. And then he joked back. like a long form. Okay. You used to go to South Florida? I used to go to Bradenton. Where is that? I have no idea. It's it's on the Gulf Coast. Oh, okay. In yeah, we're, Florida, we're, we're Atlantic. Yeah, we're ocean we're, people. Uh, You're, yeah, yeah. We used to go to Bradenton because my fa- my family had uh, my grandmother lived there, um, but that was where the pirates did spring training too. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
So wait, so you were so you had this internal homophobia thing. Yeah, so that's where shame kind of came from yeah. for me, right? And then it's like, what if I get found out, right? Now then, when I came out of the closet, it was like, who cares? I'm going to tell everybody that I'm gay, right? Mm-hmm. But for a while, I was an actor when I came out, and it was kind of like, you can't tell people you're gay because you have to keep this mystique. That doesn't really matter so anymore. you grew up in that, like, kind of doing arts. Like, you started... Y- a funny story about that was... <laughs> funny, funny story about funny that. Thing. Yeah, funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, no, I was a I was an actor as a kid, and I did like um, Civic Light Opera, which is this mu- the musical theater company in Pittsburgh, and mm-hmm. they had this you know kids acting class, and I did that, and I loved all of that. But then I got to a point where it was like I was fourteen, and I'm like, I have to do something more butch. Mm-hmm. So I, I joined the rifle team for a year. Wow, <laughs> really? What's the it. rifle team? It's like you know you, you shoot, shoot rifles. That's like there's a team for in high schools. There's a rifle team? I hope they don't do it anymore. That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Did also, you know it was were... like I hated it. I hated everything. You about did it. it just to be like, look, I'm a man, I'm a man with were a rifle. You, so you knew at this point you were gay, and this? Do you think this? Did you know you were gay at that yeah, point? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, but you never really. F- no, I had girlfriends, and then I went yeah. to college, and I had girlfriends, and I would have oh. girlfriends that were like, oh, so you were straight for a very for a while. I was, was fake straight, or fake lived straight. straight. Yeah. What is that called? Well, it's the opposite of a gold, gold star. star. Oh, right, yeah. isn't gold star? You've never hooked up with a. We talked about this yeah, with Dominic. Yeah. Never, Dominic broke it down. That's for us, so so. Were, did you know that you were living a lie this whole time, yeah, or were you sure. confused? Or I was, I always thought I would get over it. Or, but again, I felt that way because I felt wrong. I felt wrong, yeah. so I had to fake, right? And you put on masks, and you put on masks oh, it's so to hide the shame, yeah, right? yeah. And then you get used to wearing those masks, but you're also used to having the shame. So sometimes, for me, for example, it's like not that, and because shame still does creep up. It's mm-hmm. like not that I'm afraid of being found out as being gay because yeah. I'm obviously very public about that. However, it's like there's that um, sense memory that lives in the pit of my stomach. That's mm-hmm. like there's a dread that goes along with being found out. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so you so I treat. There's ways to treat that though. There's meditations to treat that. There's, you know, affirmations to treat that. There's just recognizing that that's not truth. And then it's like, oh, wait, I don't even care. Right. Right. So when did you decide I'm not going to care? I don't care anymore. I'm going to come out. Yeah. Well, I came out and then I decided not to care anymore. How old were you? Later. I came out at 22, 23, 22. And then. What were you doing at this point in your life? Where were you? I was in New York and I had just gotten sober. I'm sober. And I had just gotten sober. Mm Um. And I was 22 years old and it was like getting sober at 22 is very impressive. That is impressive. It was just, you know, what happened there was I figured I would probably get by and I didn't want to get by. Mm. I wanted to thrive. Like I really wanted to live. Right. And I had examples in my family of people who got sober and lived. And I had examples in my family who didn't and died. And then I had these other examples of people who Got by. Got by. Yeah. Oh, uh, that just like so were you, hit home to me. Yeah. Were, so were you like in the? Were you like in a like a twelve steppy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so when I got sober, now, were huh? you drinking? Yeah. What was your? Were you drinking a lot? Were you like? Yeah. Sober, I mean, like, it was for me. It was like I was drinking and using drugs to a where I never really knew if I was. I would drink sometimes and then black out after a couple of beers. Or mm-hmm. Are you blacked out right now? Maggie yeah, doesn't I've even had, drink and she blacked yeah, well, No, I, I've had five beers this morning. <laughs> I woke up and had five beers. So. And then I would, oh, then other times I would drink a lot and not feel drunk at all. Yeah. And I would never know, like, what's the night going to be if I drink, right? Mm-hmm. And then I would, like, not do drugs and then I would drink and then I'd end up doing drugs because I drank. And mm. so it was kind of one of those things where I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. But when I put that mask down, right, of somebody who 
who could drink and use mm-hmm. where I knew that I was somebody who couldn't. And I had like some examples like DUIs mm-hmm. that were like, probably shouldn't drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when I finally put that mask down, then other masks started to fall away. The mask of like, I should work in advertising because then people will think I'm straight. I mean, like this is where the so twenty two wow. was a big yeah it was a big a year. lot happened when you were twenty two years old twenty two twenty three yeah because I, I got sober right before my birthday and then when when I was twenty three I was working in this advertising agency and it was just after nine eleven and that was a big eye opener for me too of like you got to live because you other people didn't get a chance to oh and you you were in New York yeah wow yeah. and I was at Ground Zero and it was like. Um, doing uh, Bucket Brigade right after it happened. Oh my God. And so you see these things and you're like, life is fragile and life is short. And mm-hmm. shortly thereafter, I left the advertising agency to um, start to do work in entertainment because that's really what I wanted to do. Yeah. So you put those masks down. And so I, I, I look back at that now and I reflect on that only to say, I'm always going to have to put the mask down. You know, mm-hmm. like when I get up in the morning, I can choose to put the mask down or to wear it throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And meditation helps you put the mask exactly. down. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Self care, too. Yeah. It's meditation. It's I do gratitude lists. It's a, life, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Of God, it, I need to get back into oh, fucking therapy. Good. I just. No, I just days, I'm feeling good. When I was in th- I, doing it, that phase of my life where I was in therapy, I like was it was so self care. It was like and all these words that you're using that was like a part of my daily like. And I just, you know, it's. I feel like it's been so long. I just need to get back. It feels so good to be in that place. In that headspace of it, yeah. You know, yeah. and to like all these like. And heart space. Unveiling of like masks and like, shit. And I feel like, like you would be a good therapist. Do you think there's a lot like, because like to me like therapy and you, you do, coaching. you know, speeches yeah. and coaching. It's. I don't know. Do you think the line's blurred on that? Like, would you be a good therapist? I, You know what? It's funny. My therapist said, don't do it because you'll make a lot more money coaching. Than, yeah. <laughs> and, like, sure. yeah. And doing what you're doing. Um, and honestly, I don't, I don't, there are things that I can't really like, I wouldn't as a therapist, I'm not a psychologist or a psychotherapist right. or um, a, um, a psychiatrist. So I would never a prescribe, but B, I would never like diagnose. Right. My whole thing is like, I don't want to, di- I want you to figure it out. I right. want to help you uncover this shit yeah. um, and get better. And also, I think there are quicker ways sometimes. Yeah. Like, I love the therapist that I go to because it's like, I need to run this by you. I need to run this by you. And help me get, like, you know, you get you hit roadblocks. And I think that's mm-hmm. what any kind of therapy is. Or coaching. Mm-hmm. And with coaching, I've seen where it's like, all right, you're here. Like, let's just get here real quick. Right. Yeah. Do it the right way. Get rid of some of the bullshit. Change the way you talk. Right. So sure. like even if you're like, I need to get back into therapy, yeah. that would be another like, I'm going to push it off. Right. Right. Yeah. Unless I'm you're like, saying I go to therapy on Wednesday. Sure. Whatever. Right. I'm, I'm going to I need to do this in the future. I need to. Yeah. Yeah. Because then, yeah. then it becomes one of those things. It becomes unattainable. That was such a thing. My therapist would always say, too, is stop talking to yourself like that. You talk to yourself. It's like the way you would never talk to anybody the way you talk about yourself. Yeah. And like it. Yeah, that idea just really hits home for me. And I, so I feel like it's almost like so with like my therapy process, right? Yeah. Like it I was doing it for years and then I feel like I hit a plateau uh-huh. and then I I stopped going. Yeah. I don't know, like I feel like it sounds like to me like it's almost along the same lines but kind of more focused and like almost like you, to get to your goals quicker. Yeah. What I do, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's goal oriented. But it's for me, I'm also it's about shaping what it is that who you want to be in the world. Right. Yeah. You know, and how you want to show up. Mm-hmm. And I 
I think I don't know if you guys find this to be true. This is a question. Comedians also probably have something. What if I lose my edge? Yeah. Oh, I think that happens all the time. I've heard a lot of comics talk on podcasts because a lot of them are on antidepressants and they want to change their medication, but they're afraid it's literally going to change. Yeah. They're funny. If, yeah. Whether or not they're going to still be still, literally like things like having the same timing. I've just, literally not even seen an actual psychiatrist because I mean like depression and like bite like bipolar and like kind of like manic I, is in my family. Uh huh. And like, I know that I'm an extreme person. Uh -huh. I already know this. Like, uh, I was prescribed Zoloft from like a general uh, <clears throat> practitioner. practitioner when I was like going in college because I was experiencing depression. And my my mom or my parents were like, "Let's just go to Doctor Ranger." And I like went to my like regular doctor, and he's like, "Here's Zoloft," and like it was no proper like analysis of any kind. And I the first like week or whatever of me taking it, like I went maybe a month on it and I was so muted and I was, and I also know that with medication there is a process of like where it uh, kick, you know, where it actually starts to work. You have to get over the first hump uh -huh. and then whatever, but that takes time. So I feel like that's where a lot of like comics or whoever that it could be a scary area. Mm -hmm. And I know that for me, I was like, Oh, I'm feeling so tired and I'm feeling so muted and I hate this feeling. I hate not feeling. Yeah. So I stopped taking it anyway. That was its own experience. Cause I don't, I shouldn't have been prescribed that, but right. like, I know that I think it would behoove me to go to a psychiatrist and kind of just see, you know, but the idea of being placed on meds of any kind, I'm, look, I'm not a psychiatrist, but yeah. I, but I, I, yes and no. I mean, some people definitely do need it and some people don't. I think for me, there's a book called The Mindful Way Through Depression, which is a really interesting book. Mm -hmm. John Kabat-Zinn is one of the authors of it, and he's considered the uh, um, the kind of godfather of mindfulness in the, in the United States. He brought this concept of mindfulness to the University of Massachusetts at Amherst in the 1970s. Mm -hmm. And he's written tons of books since then and is quoted all the time. Um, and has, you know, it's now in most every major university. It's a field of study and, and a lot of them as well. And now in schools too. Um, and in that book, it talks about using mindfulness and just being present. And that's another thing that is uh, a barrier, um, I'm sorry, a gateway into getting kind of the space between me and asshole me is just being really present. And that's what meditation kind of does for me as well. And so, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know that you should, you know, you said I should go to a psychiatrist again. <laughs> I don't know. Words, like, yeah, exactly. It seems like we should really be trying meditation. I've never really gotten into it. So mm -hmm. Should I just literally go on you? Like, I, I want to start. What do okay. I do? What, yeah. Where, yeah. where do I go? So God, I, I feel like I think I could, that's the biggest thing. Like, I'm, I don't and when know. You, well, and when you said it helped, it gave you the answer. Like, I feel like I spent my, I spend my life in that place of being like, what do I do? Should I do this? Like a place of like, all over, like I could do this, like weighing my options, blah, blah, blah. Totally. That's analysis paralysis. Right. And I get that too for things. Right. Like it's like how, how you can stop um, before you ever start. Right. Yeah. So um, you can. I, so I have some guided meditations on meditation for assholes. Um, I have a series called go from a hola to aloha, which are about the five principles of uh, aloha, which are patience, kindness, generosity, unity and harmony mm -hmm. um which are just like different ways to tap into that but honestly like and there's you know just the body scan is a really great way and if you want to do that we can do that today too yeah i, I really want to Let's, do i okay. really i'm like yeah. ready for it all right hold on before my ipad keeps beeping let me shut that off because i don't 
So you're going to guide us through meditation. I'm going to guide you through a meditation. And that meditation, um, what this might be a good one to do. So sometimes meditation at night, like you were speaking of, yeah. will cause you to um, think more. Yeah. Or, you know. Um, so body scans are really good to do at night before you go to bed too. Um, just like letting the, the calm come in. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the thing, it's kind of like counting sheep mm-hmm. where you'll do it. If you get to your toes, right, then it's okay. Just start over and do it again. Yeah. You know, until you get done. You know, there's a fear that's associated with the end probably that you have. Yeah. And that is one of the things that might mitigate that for you too. Yeah. Well, there is. Yeah. It's this like anticipating of the fear of like my therapist. You say, well, okay. So what happens? So then what? What happens if you if you don't fall asleep? So what? Yeah. You're tired the next day. That's the worst that's going to happen. But in my, I would build it up so much that I need to sleep, uh-huh, you know? Uh-huh. And, and then, But it's about getting present, right? So yeah. you're worried about what's going to happen at 3 o'clock tomorrow instead of what's happening mm. at 11.30 yeah. right now. And it's always about just kind of coming back and coming back and coming back and coming back. Sorry, pause. Char- Charles needs to meditate, I think. Hold on one sec. Do a quick pet and let's get him to shut up. And then let's... Do a meditation. All right. So what do we do? Okay. Do we need to lie down? Do I need to take my clothes off? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Put your wallets on the table. <laughs> close your eyes. Give me your keys. Give me your keys. Give me my keys back. <laughs> um, no, but you, so you don't need to. So one of the things I was saying earlier is that you don't need to anything. You, there's no should in this. Don't should on yourself on this shit. So it's basically sit as if you're comfortable. Might as well sit in your chair since we're sitting there now. Okay. Um, If you feel more comfortable lying down, you can do that. (laughs) Um, If you feel like crossing your legs, you can do that. If you don't, you don't have to. I do recommend taking a posture where you don't cross anything. So don't cross your legs or cross your arms while you're doing it. It's hard with a mic. But anyway. Do you think sitting like leaning with our hands like this is okay? I would sit back. Relax. Okay. Okay. And um, I, I do suggest closing your eyes. Okay. Should we put the mics down? I think you you might. I can. You can take over from I here. I can take over from okay, here. Cool, okay. Cool. Just it. make it entertaining. Okay. Okay. <laughs> da 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 da. Okay. All right. So lean back in your chair, and the rest of them on the palm of your lap, like you're doing. Calm your voice. All right. um, Close your eyes. That's good. And just be quiet for a second and listen to the world around you. What are some of the things that you hear? You can catalog them for yourself. The hum of the refrigerator. Charles chewing a bone. The traffic. The wind. And go ahead and take a big deep inhale through your nose for three, two, one. Hold it at the top and exhale gently through your mouth for four, three, two, one. Inhale again through your nose for three, two, one. Hold it at the top and exhale for four, three, two, one. And inhale again through the nose for a count of three holding it at the top and exhaling through the mouth for a count of four. Those first three breaths 
that we took right now are immediately lowering our blood pressure, which allows us to calm down a little bit more. When you take your next inhale, imagine sending in life, right? Because you're breathing in oxygen, which gives us life. So imagine sending whatever life looks like to you behind your brain. Holding it and on the exhale through your mouth, just let go of all the shit that you don't need in your brain right now. All of those thoughts that aren't going to serve you for this meditation. Do that again. Inhale, send it behind the brain. Exhale, let go of all the thoughts that won't serve you. Inhaling and exhaling. Inhale. Next time, send the breath behind your eyes and on your exhale, let go of the way that you see things that doesn't serve you in this moment. Inhaling behind the eyes and exhale, letting go of the things that don't serve you in the way that you see things that don't serve you. Send the next inhale into the jaw, mouth, and throat. Just tracing the life coming in on the exhale. Allow your jaw to drop. Make sure it's relaxed. Spend a few more breaths here. We spend a few breaths here because we do have a lot of negative self-talk sometimes. And the scan just helps us release that self-talk. Let go of it. Send your next inhale into your shoulders. Gently lift your shoulder on the inhale and let it drop. On the exhale. Lift the shoulder on the inhale and let it drop on the exhale. Do that a couple more times here on the shoulders. We hold a lot of control in our shoulders. We hold a lot of our tension here throughout the day. Just letting those drop and relax. It's a great gateway into the meditation. Send your next inhale into your chest and upper back. Exhale, let go of any tightness that you have there. And the noises that you hear are just noises. As you meditate through those noises, like Charles barking, Gives you an opportunity to stay present or return to your breath if you feel like you're not present. You can always return to that inhale of three, holding and exhale for four. Send your next inhale through your stomach and up through your chest and exhale. Just releasing any tension or tightness you have in that part of your body. In that pit of your stomach, as you inhale there, imagine that you're breathing not only in life, but passion. And exhale, let go of shame. And that's a deeper meditation, but this is the area where we hold that. Those two things where we hold passion, where we hold shame. So you want to inhale the positive and exhale, let go of the negative. Let go of all the shit that you don't need. You might not know what that shit is. Just it's the act of breathing in and through it. 
Come back up to your shoulders, tops of your arms. Send the breath all the way down through there now, all the way through the tips of your fingers. Relax your hands on the exhale. Another breath up through the arms, down through the fingers, and exhale. Coming back down into the pelvic area and the seat. Inhaling and exhaling, allowing the muscles in your legs and your seat to contract and expand on the inhale and the exhale. So inhale, contract the muscles, exhale, let go. Inhale, contract, exhale, let go. Inhale, contract, down through the feet, calves, toes, exhale, let go. Centered. Listen now to the sounds that are around you. Notice if there's any different response than you had when you listened at the top of the meditation without judgment. Notice any more tension in your body and wherever that tension might be, you can send your inhale to that part of your body and on the exhale, let go. And then treat your body like a big balloon. And so take an inhale through the nose and fill up your entire body. Exhale, let go throughout your entire body. Inhale the entire body. Exhale, release. Inhale and exhale. Send the next inhale all the way down to your toes. Wiggle your toes and roll your ankles. Exhale. Send the breath all the way down through your legs. Contract and expand and exhale. Up through your stomach and chest and exhale. Up through the shoulders. Roll the shoulders back and exhale. Down through your arms, hands, fingers. Wiggle your fingers and exhale. Come back into the room a little bit more. Inhale again, send the breath all the way around your neck, throat, eyes, and head when you're ready. Open your eyes and don't worry, your wallets are safe. I feel amazing. Yeah? I feel amazing. What do you feel that was different from before Just, the meditation? Well, there was a few things. Um, when you said to listen to the sounds around you after the meditation, it was like I... I, it's, I sound cheesy, but it, I felt present. I felt like I was in. I was in the I moment. I feel now. so much more calm. I feel so good and breathing. Yeah, it's so funny. We take it for granted almost. Yeah, we do it all the time. You don't think about it, but when you focus on it, it's life. Yeah, ah. and you let go of the shit you don't need. I like, feel really yeah. good. Good. You're really good at that. Thanks. You are Thanks. really good at that. <laughs> it's crazy. I like just. I feel way better. Good. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I think even I can joking. improve on on it. You know, I don't think I was. 
perfection, but I definitely, like, I definitely felt, I mean, I had to force a lot of, you know, stuff at the beginning. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, because, I mean, I was, like, just (laughs) all of the negative, all of the thoughts of, like, how do I look right now? I hate the way my legs are, like, all of the thoughts. And one of the things that's important about that is, like, okay, thought, thought. One of the ways to meditate with that is, like, okay, I'm having a thought. Once you're aware of it, right? Because what we're doing in here is basically building our response mechanism for the real world right Mm -hmm. so when i'm meditating i want to be like because when i'm out there i want to be like oh i think somebody's saying something maybe they're not i don't know and i can return to my breath or i think that person just cut me off i want to return to my breath i think that i need to argue my point Mm, i'm going to return to my breath first you know what i mean yeah now there's types types of meditation where it's important to um or it's beneficial to follow the thought right because then that's where you get some answers Mm -hmm. that's not the kind of you know how do i look that's Mm -hmm. ego self right true self Mm -hmm. is where we get those answers the calming of the breath and you said it really perfectly it's like how do i pay attention to that Mm -hmm. so when you find yourself now today throughout the day if you find yourself not breathing which you may be aware of take that as a pause to go and with our kids we we do I, i call it regulate right and i play warren g how old are your children two five and six and you, you're foster parent. Foster to adopt, right? Well, we are foster parents, so we are. Um, they're in an adoptive placement home, our home now. So their parental rights have been, um, their reunification rights have been terminated. So they won't reunify with their parents. So they'll probably, excuse me, ideally be able to be adopted by us in the next six months or so. So wow. you foster, you and your husband fostered three kids, siblings. Yeah. They were take their what happened to their parents or is that this is stuff you can talk about? Or not, we can't really talk yeah. about it, but um, you know, typically kids in um, you know, I've done a lot of work in foster care, but there's four hundred thousand kids in LA. I mean, in the um, U.S. in foster care, wow. and seventy thousand of them are in LA County. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Is that right? Seventy thousand in LA County. Seventy thousand in California and forty thousand in LA County. Okay. Yeah. And so, ten percent of the population in foster care is here in LA. And they enter the system from anything from domestic violence to abuse to um, drugs. What happens if there aren't foster homes? Where do the kids... Well, they work really hard on making sure there are enough. But these kids, for example, had to move to a different county in order to keep them together until we came into the picture. And they were with a really loving foster family for a year before they came to live with us. That's got to be so... That's that's amazing that you do that. That is amazing you do that. That's got to be so hard for kids. I mean, just It is. There's a lot of trauma that they go through. See, we... What I really work on... And we had another placement that we thought we were going to adopt. They lived with us for a year and a half. And they reunified with their birth parents because the birth parents want to appeal. What's that moment like? Is that... That's got to be... It was really heartbreaking. It was really hard. That was in October of 2017 that they left. And, um, so the year after that was, you know, a lot of those changes that we might talk, I talked about earlier that my husband and I went through and it was hard, especially cause it's not like they went back to a home that I deemed healthy. Yeah. They went back to an environment that I still worry about them. Sure. In. We don't have any contact with them anymore. Uh, so, but that's wow. a trauma for the kids too. Yeah. Or when they leave their birth parents, no matter if their birth parents were healthy oh, or not, right. they're still their birth their parents. parents. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, our kids, you know, what I try to do with them and what I did with How the long have you had them now? They've lived with us for a month. A so month? it's new, yeah. You've, you have, in one month, three kids now. Uh-huh. We met them in, um, we knew about them in November, and we met them in January. When you say you know about them, like how, what's that process? Well, so for, this is different. Like last time we got a call at one o'clock and the kids came at four. Wow. 
in wow. this time because are they all related the three children yeah, these three siblings. siblings okay okay yeah. to yeah. stay yeah. together yeah, yeah. they had to go got it got it, got it. yeah Sorry, Brian blacked out sure. now we both we take turns no, I'm he like, I was focusing <laughs> on my breathing <laughs> yeah we take turns we take turns he's just very <laughs> present <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry. it yeah. really worked no 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 um and it's different and that's the thing like somebody once said if there's a book on foster care it should be called it depends it depends because there's so many different variables that go into it. These kids are siblings. And so what we did with them um, is we, because they were already, we, they knew that they had to be adopted. Their current foster family or the family that they were with before us wasn't in a position to adopt. They're younger. They want to have their own kids, I think too. And they mm -hmm. knew that these kids could have a better life if they live somewhere else, essentially. Yeah, I guess. And so, but they're really great and they really help these kids out in a really huge way. Like these kids are angels and it's, uh. I would imagine a lot due to them. And they moved in, and um, but they still now they're testing boundaries with us, you know, and there's still tantrums. Of How like, old are they? Two, five, and six. Yeah, six year old daughter and five and two year old um, boys wow. sons. And so we. Um, oh, a six year old girl. Yeah, wow. which we didn't have a girl before, and yeah. I'm not a girl. You're not a girl. <laughs> so no, you're not. No, you're yeah, not. you're close. Not yet a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that song? No. <laughs> um, right. Am I? Yeah. Um, thanks. Um, yeah. So, so it's uh, it's a lot and you know for yeah. me it's like i need to get my i want to maintain my meditation game my self-care game mm -hmm. um and i figured out a good routine and i'm pretty much like kind of a stay-at-home dad too because the kids are in school the five and six-year-old but the two-year-old's not so i'm able to work clients around his schedule mm -hmm. with like napping and stuff and then i have some part-time help that comes in too but my husband works um majority of the daytime so can I ask you what um, led you guys to fostering as uh, children as opposed to um, perhaps like a, you know, a it's funny. We, we like were, we had started on the surrogacy process before the first kids came and we uh, had worked in foster care, had family who was adopted out of foster care. And so we decided to go back and um, look at that after uh, talking to a friend of ours who had aged out of the foster care system and then we were like let's just do it and see what happens and yeah. we did and then after the boys left a year and a half later we were like there's no way we're ever doing this again so we started down the surrogacy path again and then we we're kind of like oh, this is really expensive yeah and it's like it i don't know and and honestly i was meditating on one day and this idea of three kids kept coming into my no meditation really? yeah and, I just got and he yeah. came downstairs, my husband, and he's like, I just got a call about these three kids. No way. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, all right, let's do it. And he's like, do you want to, I said, we should meet them. And he said, do you want to talk about it more? I'm like, no, I think we should meet them. And he's like, okay. And we did. Ugh. So it was really one of those things where it was like, that to me is one of those examples in meditation. I was like, that seems like what was supposed to have happened. Sure. And I got clear enough because had I thought about it, it would have been no. Because I don't want to go through the heartache again, and what about mm -hmm. this? And I hate the system, and blah blah blah. But I was present. Yeah. So then, would you say, would you call that destiny? I don't know. Well, because there's a choice there. There's still a you know. Yeah. A choice, like. I guess destiny for me is hard too, because I don't know what the big picture looks like, yeah. right? Um, well, so when do you in this process? Like, when do you? You've had them for a month. And they have to live with us for about four or five months before they can do the adoption. So you're you want to adopt them? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's so exciting. Plan. Yeah, that's real. Like, that's what so... a life changing. Yeah, cool. And then you get to have such a positive effect on them. Hopefully, I mean, I would think. Maybe I mean, we're the worst. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> that's I, th so... I think you will. Thanks. 
Well, one of the positive effects I want to have on them is that like calming, like calm, you know, meditation, especially like a five-year-old boy, because he's a five-year-old boy. Right. And I was just as equally like, you know, late for school, last one in the car, Mm -hmm. dilly dallying in my own world. And so I can choose to like get in the fucking car. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Which I haven't said yet. Thank God. But, or, um, but I have been like, get in the car. We got to go, you know? Yeah. And I have, I have to be present. Like, I don't want to shame him. I don't Mm -hmm. want him to be like, you know, you're bad for not getting in the car, Mm -hmm. but I also need to get him on school. Mm -hmm. Cause then I go to school and if they're late, it's like, you know, we really need to have them here on time. And I'm like, I want to get on my high horse of like, well, you know, I'm fostering three mm-hmm. kids, <laughs> bitch. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but I haven't done that yet. There's the asshole. Yeah, there's, there's the, the asshole, asshole. Yeah, that's a, the breathe, real breathe. reason I have assholes in there is so I can be one. No, um, but so it's like I, but because the other thing is they're sponges. So if they see yeah. me acting like yeah. that, they're gonna that, that gives well, them. Well, and I that. think that, and you know. I feel like all I've talked about is my fucking therapy, but I feel like things that I have learned in that process of is so just so much of who you are as an adult and like stems like just shit that I'm still dealing with. Like my addictions, my all of it. Yeah. It comes from being in a certain environment as a kid that wasn't even a bad environment. Like right. in my memories, I'm like, I had a great childhood, right. but I also grew up in like a yelling household. Yeah. You know, my dad yelled a lot yeah. like his family. That's what yeah. he was taught was the right, you know, and okay. Like, and so like learning that this, I have this feeling of unworthiness and like whatever, and just doing some research. Like it comes from a place where like when I was a kid, I was like um, neglected in some area. Mm hmm. Mm hmm at like a very pivotal point mm-hmm. and like, sorry, I feel like I'm about to get emotional. No, I, I'm, but like, you know, and I, a lot happens from just like being, you know, in a yelling environment. I was definitely not Im- abused. You know, mm-hmm. I had great parents, but like, because my dad would get aggressive or whatever. Like, I think that really affected me. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. of course it does. And, and that's the thing. Like it does. And even knowing that this is why I need to meditate now, even more than ever is yeah. because I know that. Right. I grew up in an environment where we were a yelling household too, mm-hmm. not necessarily. And it wasn't like a giant house, but we yelled as if we had, we're trying to reach North Dakota from where we live. Same. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> did you go, we have to get ready for school to, did you do the dishes? Like, come on. A yeah. lot of like, ah, a lot of slamming of Which doors. builds anxiety. Right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so, and again, I, I also believe I have great parents. Um, amazing ones and but that does have you know we have these impacts and I know that they did way better than their parents did right and, and we're all and doing the best they can with exactly. what we with, with the knowledge and yeah though but the awareness of those things yeah. right then gives us the fuel for okay am I going to be a crutch this is what happened or am I going to say this is what happened and this is how I treat it and this is how I can get better with it and this is how I don't pass that on sure and that latter part is where you seem like you're headed towards right yeah. now or you're in that's the space you're in excuse me yeah and that's the space I try to live in every day but I got to wake up and do it every day yeah I gotta wake up every day and I gotta meditate and I gotta um or if I miss it then I try to do it later in the day because there's yeah. not a the, the, it doesn't really catalog itself. I don't have a lot of backfill. I mean, mm-hmm. you go a couple of days without meditating and, and doing everything that I do in the mm-hmm. morning um, to keep centered. I can be okay. So morning is crucial for me. For a lot of people, do you I do? Mean, it, do you usually do it just once a day or twice? I um, I, I guess I'm kind of a twice a day meditator again. Yeah. I used to be twenty minutes twice a day when I did mantra based meditation and then oftentimes, you know, at least once a day I'm teaching or guiding something right now. And does so that, that almost put you in a meditative state by like, were you 
when you were guiding us, were you also feeling the effects that we were feeling by yeah. doing what you were saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So at where we are with the meditation, like how would you suggest I really think that it can be beneficial for me. And it sounds you know. Of course, it's certainly not bad. Yeah, certainly it's not so bad. bad. That comes from focusing. <laughs> you know, on but yeah. you know, but I also knowing me, and in this moment, I could make all the plans. So you don't know, make the but plans. Like, just do today, right. okay? okay? And so, what I would say for you is to do that body scan tonight, right? Breathing in and breathing out, and then be aware of your breath today. It? I will literally no, no, no. What I'll do at the end of this podcast, I'm gonna take that meditation part out, and I will send you that audio, and you can it's listen great. to yeah, it. Yeah, okay. that's great. Yeah. Unless and you hate wait, the sound you of my voice. You have a website, though. Do you have a website where we can I listen to something like that? I do actually hate the sound of your voice. So That's if, true, yeah. If we can um, put you through Makes like sense. a voice. I do, too. Yeah. yeah. Can you make it like share? <laughs> yeah, I'd rather or, share. With auto-tune, the Believe yeah. song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, so on the website, there do we are go? some guided meditations on Meditation for Assholes or at thedailykennedy.com. Um, the Daily Kennedy. Is, is it meditationforassholes.com? Yeah, you can get to it from either place, but yeah. Okay. I have one Go. more question yeah. that I'm curious about. And if it's it getting too personal, please. And we can also edit whatever out. Yeah. If, but like, did you get, what's the experience like? And I know we're probably running long, so we don't have to get like. It's okay. Uh, we'll we'll wrap good. it up with this. Um, what's the experience like or is, backlash, if any, or do you, was there any like hardships going after the um, fostering? being a gay couple no not anymore i think that's mitigated a lot we were um <laughs> it was funny because you see those things right there on the there's a light pole outside of um where we're shooting and there's these like banners on the light pole yeah. mm-hmm. and we used to be on those as foster parents really? what was really funny is it was what? yeah like there was a campaign about getting getting more people to become foster parents and we oh. were poster child oh that's great poster that's people awesome. for it. yeah what two things that are funny about that yeah. first was that it was right by the birth parents house for the other kids <laughs> like one of them was oh, oh my god man. So those poor people had to see our face all the time <laughs> that's crazy oh the second was that we um gave it to somebody as a christmas ornament this year <laughs> that's hilarious. to fuck with them but so 10 years ago though would it have been a different story i think probably 20 years ago i think it's ago. changed oh, a lot wow. in the past two decades yeah because in tw- 10 years ago you think it was 2008 and there were already a lot of adoptive gay parents by that right. point mm-hmm. um but in the early 90s and late 90s is when it really started becoming something that um became a thing and we worked with an organization called raise a child which um helped to put um Actually, all kinds of families, you know, with um, prospective foster family agencies. We met uh, Children's Bureau through them, Children's Bureau through them, which is the agency that we worked with. Mm -hmm. And um, but yeah, I mean, I've created camp. I direct as well. And so I've directed some campaigns for foster care commercials and stuff like that. That's awesome. That is, you're such a good, are, are there orphanages? No, they've done away with group, what they call group homes now. Yeah. Yeah. The last Annie there's movie didn't be do some very good, so they're that, like. <laughs> that's what did it. Yeah. There's got to be some kids that aren't, that there's no placement for, right? There I are, mean, st- so the, it's interesting. I don't know enough about it to say more than they did away with group homes, but there's still kids in group homes. Yeah. But it, the whole goal is to get kids in a safe, loving home environment, whether it be temporary or permanent. Their goal is permanency and their goal is really family reunification. Mm-hmm. But they're starting to see that we can't make that the primary goal because sometimes going back to the family is the worst thing that could happen to the kid. Yeah. Uh, are, is there any um, like financial assistance from like government stuff yeah, you that you do get? The stipends that you get for the kids. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, it's. Could you imagine me fostering? Like three, I, call, three. I call you tomorrow. And I'm like, I'm fostering five children. Why? Well, I mean, you're fostering Charles, and that's a lot. Seriously, but I'm just like thinking about how like I, there's got to be people that have the biggest hearts, have the space, could house yeah, children well, but, and love them, but yeah. don't have the resources. Yeah, so there are resources that help. You can even get an. I think some programs will even help you get furniture. Like we didn't do that. And we get, it's a nominal amount of money, but it does help with their school lunches and their clothes. And, and it's good because it's regulated. Cause you know, you, when the kids are five and six, you know, you have to spend a hundred bucks a month on clothes or whatever for mm-hmm. the kids, which they grow out of like weed. So it's really, you know, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, we end up spending a lot more money than we get, but I think other people can, you know, we're also, we, you know, we enrolling them in different things and buying mm-hmm. different things and, um, you know, but, but yeah, you do get assistance for that per kid. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you, c- I mean, and honestly, that's this latest campaign. You just need a little room in your heart and your home. That's it. You know, and they train you well once you go through a great foster family. Agency. I said the th- campaign. You did. <laughs> I said the you campaign. You should probably become a foster parent. I would say start with be, one. Okay. Instead let's, of five. Right, let's not go crazy with Becca <laughs> becoming a foster. Let's let's let's. I mean, let's take a step I back. Said let's breathe. That let's campaign breathe. Naturally, <laughs> she should basically. You should get a light pole. There, yeah. I should have a banner. <laughs> they, there are writers that wrote what I naturally uh, came up with. Yeah. If you've got room in your heart and your home, if you um, have space room, in your home, space in your home. I you should have. As a matter of fact, I'm very impressed with myself. on today's podcast, we're going to give one foster child. <laughs> yeah, today we're giving. Yeah, giving. Not you get a foster child. Call her ten. <laughs> wow, that's very impressive. I'm very impressed by you. Uh, don't be. No. I'm still an asshole. Sure. Yeah. I think that's part of it, though. She can relate. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I. That's my goal. Like, I really <laughs> do want to have more people like relate to get more people meditating and more people to find inspiration in the world and not feel like judged yeah because i did so many things where i was like i'm not gonna uh, you know there's so many things out there that we can't be judged by mm-hmm. and so many things inside that we can't be judged by so like let's just have some fun and, and yeah. get some space and get some presence so that's yeah great thanks for having me guys. thank you for being yeah, here that was, was wonderful fun. uh say your websites one more time any, anything yeah, so people can check check you out yeah you can find me at meditationforassholes.com and the dailykennedy.com d-a-l-e-y-kennedy.com wonderful thank, thank you so you much so Jason. much thank you guys yeah I, i'm like i feel better I, you could even put the, that meditation on the thing if you want the whole 10 minutes yeah thing. and yeah. people can just do it with us yeah yeah while you're driving well, yeah. really smart <laughs> yeah eyes we'll, closed while, we'll suggest that eyes closed hands on <laughs> your lap while <laughs> we'll you're driving we'll say that in the intro if they want to do it do okay. it with us Great. um thank you again thank so you much. yeah this was really fun my me too thank uh, you for me too for me too, me that, too. well <laughs> hashtag you, me too you just made it awkward <laughs> okay. so yeah. anyway bye okay, bye <laughs>